0: Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew Maine, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, hello, Mr. Justin Robert Young. Yeah, what up, gentlemen? How are you doing?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm 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 real excited about the possibility of maybe seeing a rocket in in the next week or so. Uh, we we've been talking about this trip that Justin and I are going on down. We're going to be close to Brownsville. It would be neat if off you know uh excuse us, we have to see a rocket go into space. I don't know if that's scheduled or not.
0: Gosh. Yeah. I don't know when uh you're talking about going to see a potential starship launch.
1: Well well we're we're gonna be like an hour away from where they will where they traditionally launch from Brownsville. Um and uh I, I would have to imagine that like for the first time in my life a casual over the shoulder like oh there's another one, you know, could happen, which I think would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, I, the next Starship launch, I haven't heard any particular schedule. I know probably the next few months or something, something's planned. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you, you, maybe you probably maybe know more than I do.
2: Maybe they're going to sneak one off on Tuesday. <laughs> We're <gonna> find out. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you uh, I I would imagine
1: every single launch has been publicly announced, but it would be utterly would be punk
2: nice. rock to to just like sneak one out when nobody right, was. Expecting. Let's let's get to the real issue, uh, Brian. Can you just Google Young Dennis Farina? Yeah, Dennis sure. Farina Young. Uh, Dennis Farina of
1: course uh I know him mostly from his role in Snatch when or... he was older. Yeah, yeah. But
2: I feel like I could do a Dennis Farina prequel right now, but I don't know.
1: Um uh let's see.
2: You know Let's get Cotto. let's get added I mean, to the I mean, list. I, you might be able to
1: do an oh, oh my good god, god. I'm Justin. I have wonderful news
2: for you. <laughs> uh <laughs> let's just go side by side
1: <laughs> on a young Dennis Farina. All right. Uh, this is kind of peak Dennis Farina. Um, uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, and by the way, hell of a
2: character actor. I mean, uh, I, I I'm for it. Well, Dennis Farina, I think, was kind of the opposite of a character actor. He was a character that also acted. He just, and when he was in everything, he was just Dennis Farina. I, I feel like that's you, the way you would be. You look to. like
0: the younger stand-in stunt double that put a great wig on to look like him and a mustache. Because yeah. you have a mu- very, very young face for the With the
2: mustache. And no, so- you're right. He's got a little bit more of a weathered face, and he's got a wider face. I've got a little baby. I got a little baby's chin here.
0: Yeah, like like he would be. I'd see you on the set. He'd be like, "Last year at Juilliard, yeah." Thing they told me.
2: And he's like, "Whatever, kid. Just remember to don't take the fall too hard, because I got to get up from it." You, uh,
1: I, I mean, if if there's one thing to fault, I think that you have too much joy in your heart to...
2: <laughs> Dennis Farina is a bit hard-bitten. He's a hard-bitten guy. All right. Well, you want to know what? You know what? Actually... We had curiosity. We followed it down, and now we know that I, I look too handsome to be a young Dennis Farina, which I'll take as a win. There you,
0: uh, there you go. Uh, by the way, Elon said there may be a Starship launch in the next three weeks.
2: So... Could Ooh, be Tuesday. That would be a good surprise. Could be Tuesday. Could be Tuesday. Could. Be Tuesday. could, be t- could. Let's ask. Let's Just getting his mentions... I mean, he he responds to a lot of lot of very interesting people these days, so you never know who Elon's <laughs> going to respond to. So uh,
0: this week has been a very exciting week for AI development. Yeah. Earlier in the week, uh, Google announced Gemini 1.5, which is an update to their what they uh, originally had launched or announced of um, the model. So Gemini, uh, which is their state of the art GPT4 competitor, is now. Uh, no longer Bard. Bard is gone. Bard died. We talked about that. And in replaced is Gemini. And now they've improved it. They haven't released 1.5 yet, as far as I know, into the actual consumer application. But some of the achievements they've said it's it's faster in many ways. It's like you know, OpenAI did GPT Turbo, which was to make it way more efficient. They've done basically Gemini 1.5, which is a you know pretty big leap. 1.5, just after you know, a month or so after they announced the other one. And they've said that they can give this up to, we talked to us before about like the, when you send an input to these models, we call it context. We ask it a question or give it a document. Google says they can handle up to 10 million
2: tokens. So uh, explain that, uh, even if you've explained it before, I, I explain when... <laughs> uh, I dare t- you to explain tokens, it again. Tokens are something that, uh, uh i i believe what the upper end of uh chat 4 is in the tens of thousands this is in the Hundred twenty-eight
0: thousand.
2: okay so so this is in the million plus that is a big leap forward i saw a lot of chatter about this but but give folks the context as to what that means
0: so it's the amount of input you can give into the model when you want to ask it a question or have you you know tell you something if i gave it with 128,000 GPT-4, in theory, I could put the entire text of my book and tell me, you know, what does this character do? You know, what what is the occupation? What happens here? I'm at? And you can ask certain kinds of questions that are going to be present in there. Um, and with 10 million, it means that you can just put a ton of documents in there and it will go through and find the answers that you want out of that, which is pretty incredible. Um, in theory, you know, if you gave it... Uh, Millions of words of your writing examples. It could then output writing samples like your sample by just looking at this instead of having to train the model on it. And so tokens are basically the way you represent data to the model. You take, let's say, you take a word. The word "the" might be fourteen, comma twenty-two, comma three, or it's going to probably be some low number. But anyhow, you turn these things into numbers. Everything becomes numbers. So when the model sees you write something, what it actually sees is a sequence of these numbers. When you give it an image, it does the same thing. It breaks the image up into a sequence of numbers. And we'll talk about that in a second. And that's what it looks for. It looks for patterns in these numbers to try to figure this out. So just tokens are roughly either words, parts of words, or bits of an image, et cetera. And so the, the I don't know the tokenizer for Gemini, but for OpenAI, it's basically you know, uh, 1,000 tokens is about 700 words.
2: Okay.
1: Roundabout. So, so, uh, 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 you might think of those as just, just chunks or, or hunks of, 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 of human data and so on. Uh, one uh, of the well, things bro- broken down to almost a word level, some, some tokens just have like,
0: you know, a single organization.
1: Well, uh, so one of the things that, uh, I've really, I, I felt like I had cracked in working with uh, early versions of chat GPT is to kind of, as uh, you and I have spoken in other contexts, uh, almost hypnotically just move a piece at a time. Like, Hey, do you understand blank? Great. What about a little bit more? What about a little bit more? Mm-hmm. But, but, but if all of a sudden you're able to feed giant data sets and say, Hey, do me a favor, read this book. Uh, uh, explain to me, is the theme this, this, or the other thing? Uh, it, it changes the rules a little bit. If, if, if I yeah, understand the, you correctly. The
0: challenge is going to... No, yeah, no, no, absolutely. The challenge is going to be that, the, obviously, the, the higher the token count, the more amount of compute you use, you know, it gets expensive. You know, when you talk about, you know, what is, when you put a million tokens worth of data in is your you know, are you going to pay, like, a hundred bucks, you know, per, you know, per query? Eventually, that will all come down. These things do get you know more efficient, but that is some people said, ah, we never need to do document retrieval again. Like, no, document retrieval is actually very efficient. It all comes down to minimizing the amount of compute you have to use. That is the goal for all of these systems. But it's exciting. It just means that you know when you know going from a two thousand token limit with GPT three. And then doubling that for the GPT-3.5 and then going to, I think, 16 in the first version of GPT-4 and then 128. And then now we're looking at, you know, Google claims in the research paper, they were able to do effective, you know, recall over those tokens. Now, there's one being able to do recall, like saying, hey, does the word Brian appear here, which seems to be, they call it needle in the haystack, which they seem to show, yes, we can see that. It's another thing to see how well it reasons across that stuff. Like will it if I give it a book and I say can you write the last chapter? And and it's not always context I, like, and I, compute's not always the same thing.
1: Uh w- w- would I be correct in it if I was trying to understand it as like um uh is there a spiky-haired magician who teaches uh, people to score free drinks at the bar in the last chapter of this book. Uh, now, none of those words might be correct, or maybe the word Brian Brushwood is in there, but we're talking about that that thing. Is is that the distinction that that that? We're well, that well, that would be
0: that would be more of a search. That would be more of a fuzzy embedding search. The challenge is if you if you give it the the really thing, the complex part. If I give it twenty chapters, can it write a twenty first chapter? Now, yeah. one of the things that happened was one of the AI companies. That first said, Hey, we've broken through, we're doing hundred thousand, you know, token context. They said, Hey, watch it can write the last chapter of Great Gatsby. Well, so can GPT four without you putting a context of Great Gatsby in there, because Great Gatsby, the, the plot line, the is, you know, the summary of that story is everywhere. Yeah. Right. And and that was it. When I worked at OpenAI, when we wanted to test for capabilities like that, I would give them my unpublished books. Because we knew that wasn't in the training data. There was no summaries. It wasn't a publisher description. There weren't conversations about this stuff anywhere. By the way, which is when some of the people say, "Ah, it read my book" or whatever. Likely, what that is, it just read a publisher summary. But anyhow, yeah, that's either here, no there. Point is, is that uh, that'll be the real test. You know, can I give it? Can it really reason across? It's one thing to say, "Hey, I can search this thing," which great. Maybe you built a kind of an embedding search system. Can you reason across things? And a lot of people are very excited. That that excitement might be justified. I don't want to, you know, douse it, but I would say that we've seen this really cool. Yes, it can search across this thing, but you know, can I tell it 20 different point data points in there and then at the end have them sum those points up, other so, than just summarizing the information? This,
2: this does seem like a big moment of differentiation for Alphabet and Gemini that, that they we have talked a lot about how much this is a can't miss there's no version of google that exists without ai by the end of this year they will they will fire everybody and rehire a million other people before they give up on this prospect uh, uh they have the talent they have the lineage they have the money this seemed to me to be a smart way to say we're going to differentiate ourselves you're right the compute's going to be insane we might be spending a hundred dollars for every time that somebody hits the return button. Doesn't matter. We're going to stake our claim by saying we'll be the ones that will benefit the first by having the the compute prices come down. And we want to be known as the place where serious, gigantic uh, uh, people can can upload these things.
0: they're not gonna make that capability available outside of certain things or let yeah. researchers do it. So they're not gonna get crazy. they will, but they will, you know, they're throwing way more compute and resources at to be sure. So they absolutely are. Yeah. You know, how much, how much of a loss leader are they willing to be on? That'll be the thing to see with Google is that um, I'm convinced that they look at the returns, like, you know, the the latest estimates, external estimates from open AI is open AI, you know, is gonna have like is already a run rate of like two billion dollars per year. And that keeps going up every month, and so Google can certainly look at those numbers and just say, like, okay, well, how much money do we want to throw out this to, be, to stay in here? And a lot. Uh,
2: unless anybody has any other Gemini thoughts, uh, there was there was another big.
1: I was, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I I'm, I'm very so, into. <laughs> so,
0: so it was, it was, hey, everybody, Google's like, look what we did, check it out, everybody, and it, it's. It's great like this is amazing and really rad. and you know i it absolutely absolutely deserve you know credit for this which is what we said that the google researchers are top notch the people handing the marketing and the exec level above there are just getting in the way of i think great research but anyhow uh you know open ai
1: <laughs> those rascals <laughs>
0: yeah oh, that's cool Do you guys want to see some Uh, cool moving pictures?
1: Yeah, I I actually don't know where where to even begin on this one because it's incredible. Like, uh, I'm just, uh, all all you have to do is search for Sora, S O R A, uh, S O R A, uh, and uh, uh, you'll find all kinds of incredible imagery that uh, begins with some words that become uh, high quality visuals. It's amazing.
0: So OpenAI had been working on, you know, we've talked about going multimodal. and been working on image generation and also working on video generation. I had seen early versions of this as it was developing, and it was exciting to see the progress working on it and the, and the team that's working on it, uh, Aditya Ramesh, uh, uh Tim Brooks, others, and just, just a really great group of, a lot of people working on this, a lot of really talented people working on this. And... Seen from you know last year, where it was going, and you know eye kind of. It's very interesting. Is it? I watched this happen with Dolly. Where watching the early versions of Dolly, where the first images it made were kind of had that weird. Remember the, the really creepy, weird patterns you'd see, you know, in AI images, which are basically the neural net. You're basically looking at the neural net. You see these clusters and rolls, which also look like art made by somebody who's kind of going through. Um some sort of schizophrenia or whatever.
1: Well, yeah, um, yeah, Like like you would see stuff like uh, too many fingers or uh, uh, a face or that wasn't even, quite right.
0: Yeah, even before you got to that, there was this weird swirly kind of you know thing to it. And then I watched with Dali before it got released, that just go away into all of a sudden crisp, clear images. So we're looking at, there's some of the cases, we're looking at some of the videos, we're watching right? some of them are the success cases and they're showing some of the fail cases. So one of the most telling things here is they have an approach where basically they use a transformer network. They use a thing called the diffusion model. What a diffusion model is, it starts with what it looks like basically random noise. And it goes back and says, hey, uh, which parts of this should be the image? It says, oh, this part is. And it keeps improving, improving, improving. They basically create patches, these blocks within the images spread across the whole thing. They can make videos up to a minute long that are incredibly coherent. And we watch stuff like trucks driving, people walking around. It's fascinating. And they show a really good thing. If you go through, there's a there was the landing page and there's the research paper. So if you go to openai.com slash S-O-R-A, and then you click on read the technical report, there is a graph that you will see which shows... Basically, what happened as they scaled up the compute, they show these these, videos of the base amount of compute, increased amount of compute, literally the amount of compute they threw at it by four times and then 16 times. And they're showing the clear improvements. And and a couple things they did, which were different. Uh, They're not getting too technical. One one of the basic things they did was they didn't crop the images. All the other image models try to do like square images or force into 16.9, where open was thinking, well, these original videos, when they were taken, were shot with a certain kind of composition in place. And if you shoot something on your iPhone with a vertical or horizontally, it's gonna be different. So they built a model that can output different formats, landscape, square, you know, widescreen, et cetera, uh, which was a different approach than other people have done. And they've done a lot of more special things as far as like, you know, using a lot of state-of-the-art research on how to like generate the images, et cetera. But if you scroll down, Brian. You'll oh, see sure. these, these examples of uh, keep going there, keep going um, there. On the left, you're looking at weird, fluffy morphine. They, they give it the you know the input of a woman with a red you know blazer with a dog with a blue knit hat, and the, the first version just looks horrific. Second version looks better. It looks a lot like what kind of certain kind of, sort of state of the art sort of models are do. And then you get to the sixteen times the amount of compute, and it's just incredibly, you know, high resolution.
1: And and the one on the left, um, it, it's 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 unsettling because everything changes, but but it, it's almost dreamlike, is the way I would put it. Where it's like it's yeah. you know it keeps the rules keep changing as you're looking at the uh, looped animation. Yeah, and then by the yeah. end, it's like uh, nope, that's pretty much reality.
2: So why is this such a quantum leap forward? Not like with, with with both the compute and and what else is happening here based on the research?
0: One of one of the ways it's sort of described is that the model has physics. It really understands a lot about physics there. When you look at the the, the first example they have of the woolly mammoth walking across the tundra, and they have weight, they move, and they'll show you fail cases. Here, they're showing the advantage of when you train a model on the full resolution of the source image, you get the image on the right. If you train it or crop it, then you get what's on the left where the person's out of it. So these frames, they're really good. So that's a big part of it. Um, these are some you know, things you see interactions. But watch as this guy walks, you can see the movement of the weight in his belly, you know, moving across. You know, what's neat too, is you look at like the shadows, you know, the, the shadows are there. It, I would just, never, it's
1: just not, not in a million years, would I suspect any of these of being AI Yeah, just one year yeah, ago. When, you,
0: when it's called out to you, you, you start looking for patterns and stuff, but you know, when you don't know that it's going on, yeah, it's very easy to do it. But then they show you the fail case of like a plastic chair and it doesn't know how to handle that
1: you know. Um, it's sort of like floats and just, just hovers and so yeah. on.
0: Um, but it's just that the thing there, you're looking at this person walking and the reflection of their feet in the water in there and just the model able to get all of that.
2: It's Yeah, there, there, was, there was some fascinating uh, uh, memes going around this morning comparing the the video that went viral of a AI-generated Will Smith eating french fries, which is Or spaghetti that was just uh, uh, horrifying and just like, you know, nightmare inducing. That was a year ago. And now we have this being announced. And uh, uh, while it is not publicly available, it was, uh, you know, you had Sam Altman making Mr. Beast and various other Twitter users videos last night. So it is it is around what we don't know is exactly how. Fast it is, right? Is that is that what uh, what is still yet? To-
0: well, it's turning stuff around in like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Okay. So, you know, the the thing that the trend of these things are is you build your model and then you do what you call. There's a couple things: quantization when you realize that you know a lot of those uh, really long parameters, these decimal point can be reduced. There's sparsification where you realize that man, like you know, good sixty percent, seventy percent of the model is focused on you know how to make cattails. And it doesn't need to know that much about it, whatever. And so you start to improve these things over time. This is a video where they basically, they can st- stitch videos together. So this is creating a seamless loop of basically a, a bike riding through you know, uh, a forest. So the idea is that this thing will just continuously loop over and over again, which is kind of amazing. And you'll see examples of t- taking a video of a car driving through... Like a city, and then saying turn it into a jungle, and it turns everything around there into a jungle. We looked at before. We saw a historical, old timey example: like input video, output, change the setting to be uh, go back up, Ryan. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's uh, the got, example. Got, got uh, change the setting to be a lush jungle. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, what you know? What, how is this going to impact? You know, initially, this stuff's going to be very expensive. There's also going to be a lot of development in open source models. It's going to be, you know, like like you said, like I think Dolly, I think is, in my opinion, the smartest model, most capable, but there's so many guardrails on it, it's not as useful for other people for a lot of things. And there's a lot of models fine-tuned to do really specific stuff. And I think for video, you know, it might be, you know, OpenAI and probably Google or Facebook might have the best all around powerful image, you know, video models but there might be really good open source models for here's how to do car chases. You know, here's the car yeah. chase model, you know, here's the people in the diner mo- diner talking model. And and that's going to have an impact. Like VFX I had a friend who works in film last night text me, Like, man, the second unit's just going to be destroyed. Well, like, and well it, you
1: know, uh, I, 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 maybe not destroy. It. I mean, again, it depends on how you want to squint and look at it, but it's like, uh, I'm firmly of the belief that, any creative just got a promotion. They just got interns. Well, they just got a team.
0: Well, yeah, yes, and but I think overall, like my argument is there will be more people making better money in the creative industries ten years from now than today. But this is going to devastate VFX. Yeah. You know, the, instead of spending you know fifty thousand dollars per minute for a VFX shot, right? That those 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 are already highly competitive industries, and the ones that are going to get access start using stuff first. And I do think, yeah, for second unit, you're going to start thinking, you know, Marvel's going to be looking at this going, oh, well, do we need to pay, you know, $60,000 a day for a crew to go grab an insert shot and somebody open up a desk drawer or to do this or to do that? And I think it's going to go from VFX shots, I think blue screens, a lot of stuff like, yeah, VFX, like, if you're not using AI, which a lot of VFX people have been hesitant to, which we saw before, um, it's a, It was always a scary business
2: to begin with. You know, well, uh, Brian, if you bullshit. can scroll back up, sure. there is a... It tr- uh, 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 looks here. No, no, no. Down uh, uh, just a little bit. The uh, drone footage of an old West Gold Rush town there yeah. to the left. Oh, the, um, the, the other one. Got it. All right. Uh, what Andrew mentioned, it's, it's not only the physics for me, but it's the natural sense of camera placement. A lot of the really, really mm-hmm. impressment impressing stuff that we've seen is impressive because this mimics what we know as aerial or drone footage. And it's, it's creating a world that would not have drone footage, right? Like an old West gold rush town, but even some of the other shots, they have smart, uh, 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 you know, aesthetically pleasing shots in a way that the other videos are either or the other video makers so far that we've seen in the AI space they're all all the images are very static or they're very abstract that it is just kind of a a flat thing where well, and, a bunch and, of stuff happens which is why like commercials you've seen like the most effective stuff that that AI uh video I think has done that I've seen has been like you know oh, all right here's a, a a perfume commercial here's a Nike commercial here's something like that because the aesthetics of those are very abstract; they are very flat and and presentative, but they don't have personality like these, like drone footage or GoPro. Like those are the things that you watch these videos, and you're like, "Oh, it's mimicking a GoPro. It's mimicking a drone, and it knows the difference, and it knows how those well uh, and uh, those videos look." On on top of that, in this case, uh, I don't know if
1: I'm right or not, but but like production brain kicks in, and I notice the uh the color palette temperature on there i noticed the slight use of film grain i noticed the bobbing up and down which uh it places it kind of firmly in late 1970s uh, so i i'm certain that it's emulating a helicopter shot uh and, and you know and obviously this is in southern california based on the background uh and and uh, it's 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 fascinating uh, the best results that I've ever seen from Dolly or any kind of image generation have often involved mentioning exactly what specific equipment is being used, like a Panasonic blank blank from 1977, uh, uh, give me a Polaroid of whatever, that kind of thing.
0: If you scroll down, you'll see some other cool examples. They talk about 3D consistency. They, one, they showed like turning images to life, like just giving an image, like, this thing can produce images, obviously, but then they show, like, they talk about, like, 3D consistency. So, yeah, if you want to zoom on that one, um, you see this. And, and, there, are, and, and you know, there are, you start to look at things. You can see scaling issues and some other stuff. But, you know, the, the point is, it's like we, nobody was expecting us to be where we are right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess. That, yeah. So So give us a sense of the expectations of where this tech was before yesterday afternoon.
0: You had, Google has multiple uh, text-to-video project. Lumiere was the latest one, and Lumiere was pretty cool. Lumiere was was really cool images, more static shots, nothing moving quite like this, but they did realistic images and stuff. You can take a look at Lumiere. I think what blew people away was just the the, the resolution, the scope of it, the camera movements, the fact that these felt extremely cinematic, and there's a lot more going on here. and uh you know <laughs> it, if
1: you take it, a look at it is it is kind of uh, adorable that uh, the website is set up such that it's trying to run like 75 videos at once <laughs> and so as yeah. a result they're all freezing <laughs> but uh but meanwhile the uh, uh the realism is truly extraordinary so, which
0: so so look at interacting with the world the first one the painting yep and if you want to go zoom oh, in on that, oh, this one here, got it, to, got it. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: This is somebody painting uh, a painting.
0: Yeah, and that's what's fascinating about it is the idea that, that it's not just a repetitive motion, but we're watching as the brush hits the canvas, it actually paints, and that's a that's a subtle thing, but that's a really important thing to think about because. You know, the model is understanding that there's a cause and effect there. And, and OpenAI talks about the reason they want to do this is they want to be able to understand the world. And you need to have a cause and effect. And so that's why there's physics. That's why there's this. It's funny because I saw a critic, you know, a, a frequent critic, you know, make a point like, ah, oh, look at like, not all these things are touching the ground or the physics is off or whatever. And I'm like, you're only looking at the things that got wrong. And it's a lot of compute to do that. And I was like, you know, I was going to kind of retweet and be like, reality is cool, but it can do a bunch of probabilistic events, creating an unpredictable outcome. Glitches like the inability to know about the position of velocity of a particle information, compression limit, and the enforced upper limit on speed show the severe limitations. It's like, yeah, reality's got limitations there. And you look at for the amount of compute, what it's able to do. It's kind of insane. Well, This is a Minecraft simulator.
1: So, uh, oh man, I... I I think it's really fascinating that whatever this page is just wants to try to play all the videos at once. It's very vexing. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but but I uh, refreshed. Uh, okay, here. i yeah, I'll do that. Okay, there we go. Okay, so um, the big question, and keep in mind, you know, I'm trying to raise uh, a, a trio of children who want to be in the arts, um, is well, am I about to be replaced? And even Mr. Beast said some version of that. And uh, one of the things that I think last night we were talking about is in my experience, uh, if anything, all of this just makes humans more valuable because there it's, it's yes, it will be harder to be a mechanic who uh, makes somebody else's vision a reality. But if you have a vision it's going to make you even more valuable, uh, is what I assume, but I don't know. No thoughts on that one. I literally. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, maybe it was the internet. Yeah, no, we, it, the, uh... it's that time of day. The internet is doing its, 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 uh, burpees. So it's got to do, it's the, it'll do three burpees and then everything will be fine. So in the meantime, I'll kick the question over
2: to you, Justin. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if if you look at what the barrier to product is a lot less, and that is very, very vexing to folks who have done the time, effort, and dedication to walk that path that the effort you know, was their journey. That is their worth. They, they got something out of it. The practice of it was valuable to them. And I can understand all of a sudden having that be something that's worthless, uh, and worthless, not worthless. Uh, but as for everybody else, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. This is, this is, this is, I, yeah, sorry. I'd-
0: yeah, I lost audio there. I wasn't refusing to answer. Um, uh, no, no uh,
1: yeah, we we had that time of the day where the uh, internet decided to do four sit-ups, and then okay. next, so, now it's done. So yeah, I think that that
0: you know I posted a thing, and somebody I said, hey, you know, it's going to a golden age for artists, and somebody is like, oh, this is going to be you know horrible, and I'm like, I think I said I think there'll be more people working on the arts ten years from now than today, and he's like, you understand why that's bad, don't you? And then I retweeted like a bigger demand for art and more people working in art is bad. Explain how. And he never responded because I think for him, I guess, you know, I think his argument was like, we don't need more competition in the arts, which again, like that's a horrible, like I, I, I don't, I love writing. I make a living from writing and yes, the world would benefit not as much, but I would benefit tremendously if I was the only writer
2: in the world. The, the, the cult of the amateur.
0: Yeah, go into the amateur. And it, and it's just like, okay, I've seen the difference with people who understand art with these. I watch this with Dolly. I introduced Dolly to hundreds of artists and hundreds of people. And I could tell the outputs from a trained artist and the outputs from an amateur. I could see the difference there. And if you don't think you, if these tools are amplifiers, and if you don't think that it can give you ample, if there's nothing to amplify, then yes, you're doomed. And that's what we've said before is like, some of the people I know who are threatened the most by some of this stuff, like, yeah, they should be threatened because they're, you know, the cupboard is bare. You know, they're, they're, there's, you know, they're hiding behind, you know, uh, their technicians or whatever and not people who really think deeply about it. And I look at these tools like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, i, I, I
2: You know, uh, uh, Brian, you're you're showing this stuff here. and And the thing is, is like some of this stuff looks video quality, right? Some of this stuff looks... Uh, uh, like it's like it's real, but even the stuff that looks s- like semi real, uh, uh, Brian, you, you are the, probably the biggest video game player of us, but it looks like a triple A video game, right?
1: Uh, or, or specifically uh, the cinematic sequences yes. from from those games, which, by the way, is a unique style of, of poetry and art where it's like you have to keep on theme for a 60 hour Tale, but you need to kind of sum it up and introduce all of the characters and have everything very polished uh, to bring you into the space, whether it's, you know, the opening for Left for Dead or the opening to Fallout uh, 1, 2 or 3 and so on. Um, uh, I, 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 uh, I'm more excited about the possibilities than fearful that I'm about to get replaced anytime soon. It's really incredible. Uh, yeah,
0: I think that the, the, the key is to keep using these tools and to adapt to them. And, and it, you know, we've talked this before, you don't, the future is not a place where you're going to be able to sit still, and that sucks. But the advantage is, you know, I spoke to uh, a group yesterday working on how to evaluate AI for mental health apps, right? Mental health applications and stuff. And, you know, want to take a very cautionary approach. And one thing i point out here is that you know, in a developed world, you know, you can get a job and they'll pay for mental health counseling. They'll pay for, you know, fertility support, whatever. That doesn't exist in the rest of the world. You know, that doesn't happen there. And AI is one of the ways you get that. AI is one of the ways you get there. Part of it's through creating stuff like this. And part of it's going to be disruptive to things that are important to us. But the goal is for the other 7 billion people on the planet yeah, To be able to live as well as, you know, the we do, you know, and then everybody move forward.
2: Uh, well, we hope that the rest of the world continues to prosper mostly so they can go to patreon.com slash weird things and support us there. Head on over patreon.com slash weird things. Keep us loud, live, and independent each and every week on this show. Heck
1: yes. Also, uh, so- yeah, somebody pointed out that, uh, uh I put stuff in the RSS feed that belongs in the Patreon feed. Uh, there's a little slogan we like to have. It's called, we're working on it. Uh, don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, it's
0: like, this should, this should all pass. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you have anxiety out there, hey, you're not alone. I get anxiety about this stuff too at the point experiment and play with the stuff we are in and this is one of my when i give my little pep talks to you know ceos or people working in ai One of they're trying experimenting or they're curious about it and they say this everything is so new right now everything is very new one of the smartest people i know about generative ai for images could not tell you what a diffusion model is could not tell you the underlying technology behind it but man you tell him, hey, I want this, and he figures out the prompts, he figures out the instructions, and he knows how to talk to it. He doesn't care how the black box works. He knows how to get it to do stuff, and he became an expert over the last two years. And I see a lot of that. You know, I, I talk to people like, hey, we're thinking about hiring a data scientist or stuff like that. Yeah, I said think, think it could be good, but there might be a 22-year-old kid coming straight out of some community college somewhere who's been doing nothing but playing with chat gpt and these other models nonstop, who might know more than somebody with a phd it's not always the case but it's just the, the knowledge it's it's like the internet who's an internet expert in 1993
1: well I, and it's not uh let's say like oh what if the tool gets taken away will they suddenly become dumb no because like uh if you i don't know say spend an hour every day talking in Spanish to uh, GPT or what have you. Uh, It's not like you're going to suddenly unknow Spanish uh, or or unlearn all the things that you've learned. Uh,
0: Yeah, the the dumbest piece of advice I've heard right now is people telling their kids not learn to code. Like I see this like, ah, maybe you should learn to code. I'm like, okay, so learning to code means to understand how to talk to machines on a logical basis. And you're telling me that's not a good skill. That's not a thing that's going to benefit you, you know, in the future. Yes. Languages may change the way you code may change, but understanding how to code, how these things work is a super useful skill. And so when I hear people go like, well, if I can write the code for you, why bother? It's like, yeah, if I can use a calculator, why learn math? That's
1: well, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a bit like, uh, that the times I've heard, coders, the most excited about ChatGPT or any, uh, uh, GPT model is when it's like, ah, oh, so great. I really only speak, I don't know, let's say JavaScript. And finally I can speak JavaScript and have it translated into, I don't know, Python or C or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, uh, uh but you'll notice that the one thing in both cases are they understood the underlying structures. And I think that's true for storytellers. I think it's true for um, uh, people who have an effective uh, message. They want to get out to the world. Uh, uh, The only thing is you don't need a million dollar budget to produce something like uh, the Coney 2012 campaign. You could do that in your basement now.
0: Yeah. I think you just, you, you, Google used to have this mythical 20% time that you could spend working on whatever you want, which was really just a move to sort of hire people and people really work and say, yeah, that's not a real thing. But I do think that everybody should have a certain amount of time they spend for a week of just exploring and trying new things and trying new tools and stuff. And it it can be hard to say, ah, I don't have the time. Well, one day you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're you're because you never made the time to do it you know I'm not saying that you all have to become experts in everything but I didn't learn to code until I was like 43, 44 well, I didn't learn to code until I was in my 40s and, and I was and then people told me oh why bother why bother just hire people to do it for you and I'm glad I ignored them it was the best choice I could have made and you know I don't as a product, as an output, I don't get paid right now for lines of code I write, but I write code all the time to solve problems, do things for me, and it's made me productive. And this isn't a call that everybody here needs to learn to code, but it has been like learn to use these tools, you know, sit down, you know, play a Chat GPT, ask why are people using it, whatever. And it's just, you know. I don't know.
1: Well, and, um, uh, I, 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 unfortunately it's the kind of thing that, uh, you're, uh, when you want to tell a story about how you, uh, learned a thing from Chad GPT, it's a little bit like telling somebody else about a dream you had or about your drug trip or whatever. It's boring to everyone else. Like even last week, I was so excited. I'm like, guys, I learned how pumps work for wells. And then I was able to measure the size of the pond and how fast and blah, blah, blah. But, but it's like, that's going to become very, very, normal very quickly.
0: Yeah, but it but it it it's a uh, it reminds me of the hitting the Nelms you know showmanship for magicians is that if I pull a hamburger from my pocket you're not impressed. But if you say I'm hungry and I pull a hamburger from my pocket sandwich from my pocket, it's a miracle, right? And for you, it's like you had a problem you wanted to solve and it just kept clicking and clicking and so working you through and solving it for you. And that's why it created such a reaction because it was just, you know, these you know we we have these reactions all the time now.
1: Uh, I, I legit believe that we're about to see like already humans live longer than we used to a hundred years ago, but I am convinced that the infinite patience of, uh, large language models are going to allow humans to remain engaged and not, um, you know, whether it's from hearing loss or, uh, other reasons or whatever, like, uh, there are loved ones in my lives. In my life, that I have seen kind of withdraw from engaging with other people, and then you see right, that accelerate. About that. Uh, you see that you see that accelerate, and I think I think that humans uh, just by talking to the wonderfully patient LLMs uh, are are are, en- uh, are going to engage in a persistent uh habit of of constantly learning and growing and i think i think that we're going to live longer on individual lifetimes as a result of it
0: we could talk you know one of the things that finally got released that was in uh beta testing at open ai is memory and so now when you use chat gpt you can enable memory and what that does is basically when you have conversations you can it can remember stuff across threads you can give it a piece of information in one conversation start a new one and then ask it like hey uh, do you remember what my favorite movie was and i'll say oh yeah it's this and and that's a first step you know it's it's still early days but that's going to be a first step towards an ai that over time you know you're able to have this continuous conversation with it that that every day it's not like you just woke up from a snap and it's like hey who are you i'm ChatGPT. gpt and you know so
2: i'm like oh bro yeah this again it's not 51st dates anymore yeah
1: well and uh on top of that what one, one of my favorite demos that i like to play for other people uh and i hadn't really realized uh uh, uh, uh that it the, uh, only recently have i noticed that it Pays attention to what I've said previously, but like I'll say, "Hey, pretend uh, we're in a bar in Kyoto." And I think we did this on the air. Uh, and uh, uh, you know who I am. Just explain who I am, and then and and uh, increasingly. Uh, because of speaking in Japanese, I wouldn't be surprised if it's saying stuff like, okay, he's a little neurotic, a little bit self-absorbed, be kind to him, uh, be, act like you're impressed that scam school was a thing, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how that develops.
0: Yeah, certainly as we start to one, these things start to use this data in, their understanding of the world and of us and to you know when we get to have these dials like now you can choose a voice you can choose a voice you can have we talk about like custom inputs where you could tell it like you have brian like hey you know get rate your give me a completely made up non-real number that will make me feel better for you to tell me how accurate you think something is um uh you can do things like that And these things over time are going to get better and better and better and and know how do we we want to talk to it. I I spent a lot of time swearing at ChatGPT because I'm an impatient man child.
1: Uh, uh, Actually, that is maybe one of its best benefits is because turns out you talk faster when you talk the way you talk to your friends and when uh, you have a friend like Justin who uses the F word as a comma and you get into the same habit it's great just like "Ah, just uh, would you freaking with the thing and uh, you know the one uh, it's kind of like a chicken Uh, figure that out and then it will it's really remarkable
0: that is a great expression uses the F word like
1: uh i stole it from justin himself oh all right i'll get
0: that good source of all these things (laughs) so uh to sum up things are moving very fast uh part of the reason why sora took off was we've been seeing some pretty good incremental updates in the capabilities of video generation and then this comes out and all of a sudden it felt like a big leap some people called it like a you know GPT 4 style leap and video stuff which I, I don't i don't know but i would say that the really really telling thing there was the was that the most important example they showed was the one we talked about where they showed the difference in the amount of compute the amount of computation that you give the amount of time that it spends with compute the amount of compute that it has access to and how you saw it get better and better and better and that shows you there is a path Now, each time they had to go from you know they had to go you know like uh, Basically, like four x to sixteen x, whatever. So they had to increase that considerably. And compute gets expensive. It's why Nvidia has now become one of the most valuable companies in the world. And uh, compute's not gonna. We're not gonna solve that anytime soon. You know, we, there was the Tom conversations about Sam Altman trying to raise trillions of dollars to try to build computing, you know, computing facilities because or microchip fabrication because. There's just not going to be enough. Now that we've seen what's possible here, and the the argument I make is every cognitive task that we do in work is going to find its way into being done by an AI, but that's going to then mean it needs to have some transistors there somewhere doing that computation. And the more stuff, the more we put into AI, the more efficient we become, the more the economy grows, the more things we'll be doing, and the demand for compute will never be satiated. It's just going to keep going and going. It's it's why the sci-fi scenario, they talk about like if, You know, if if AI is real and other alien civilizations created it, then how come the whole world hasn't been turned, the universe hasn't been turned into computonium? You know, like, well, maybe it has, and we just don't know. I don't know. But anyhow, uh, compute, compute, compute. Uh, So just a side note, uh, I put on Twitter, I looked at a number of the videos that they did for Sora, and some of them have sideways motion when the camera moves from left to right or right to left. And that got me very excited because... I know I do have a trick to turn that kind of footage into 3D footage. This was actually explained to me by Randy years ago, James Randy, years ago, my mentor, We talked about, he asked me a question like, hey, do you know how they got a they made a 3D image of the moon with one camera? And I'm like, oh no. And he explained they had a satellite orbit the moon and then taking a series of photographs, and then they would take a photograph taken here would be the left eye, and then let's say, you know, a minute later would be the right eye. And that gives you two views. And so I thought about this technique a lot. And then when I saw the sideways motion of the video where the camera sweeps from left to right or right to left, I went into a timeline in a video editor, took the video, took a copy of the video below it, shifted it, made one the left view, which just literally just you, you know, like you can output a video with a, your your left eye at the top frame of the frame and your right the, the the bottom of the frame. So I outputted a video that was slightly shifted Found a really cool tool made by some guy named Mike Swanson that let me package that and create it into a video format I could open on my Apple Vision Pro. And then I was watching the Sora videos in 3D. That's,
2: That's insane. Uh that
1: may be one of the most Andrew Main things I've ever heard. <laughs> like, of course <laughs> you would. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh I, I was just I, I'm trying I to find the video ahead. of it that that you, you mentioned it was on uh Twitter, aka X. Um uh, but I guess they're not showing things in chronological if you go, order. If you go
0: click on one of my tweets. You can see somebody recorded a video of themselves looking at it in Apple vision pro, which isn't the same, but it does show you the kind of cool kind of ghosty
1: effect. All right. Know? Well, I'll see if I can find it.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, it was funny because I'm looking at, I had other stuff I had to do yesterday, but Sora was exciting. And I'm like, Oh, like, you know, like I love like thinking how these things can start to get to the world of 3d is cool. And I just looked at some of the videos, like, oh, there's a left-right shift here. I'm like, ooh. And then I'm like, okay, I was trying to, I was trying to go to ChatGPT, like, hey, how do I output this into the format for this? I was looking at Adobe Premiere, whatever. And then I just did a search, and I found this guy, Mike Swanson, had created a tool that just lets you take video with the left and the up frame, and the right and the lower frame, and just use a command line tool and output it for the Apple Vision Pro. I'm like, well, oh, okay. Then I went into, I didn't even use Premiere. I just used my ScreenFlow editor and just changed the aspect ratio to two stacked, you know, 1920 images. And then gra- it was just, it was fast. It was like so quick to put together because somebody else did all the hard work on figuring out how to package the video into that format.
1: That's awesome. You
0: see the, I can look for the link too. Let me, uh, uh you know what? Um, I, I,
1: I can find it. I just realized I'm not signed in to X is, is the whole crumb. Oh, Brian! I know.
0: He's I
2: know. Trying to be
1: the. Um. Yeah. Uh. You know, what? I'm gonna have to do. Uh. I'll fire. You could. Just, uh. Be. But I'm. So those are almost words. <sighs> here's um, a. Here's a yeah. picture of Dennis Farina.
2: <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of,
1: speed of which, can, can we do pics? Um.
2: <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. I got a pic. Uh. Oh, I got.
1: Uh, I got the link though. If you want to Uh. Yeah. It. Just email it to me. <laughs> um.
0: Send it to Mr. Schwood. Uh. At uh secretemail dot com. Yeah. Gmail. Um, I didn't know you porn gave out email addresses, Brian. That's
2: mm, fascinating.
0: And here you go. It's coming to you right now. But what was neat was just to put this out there and to share, particularly with some of the people on the, the Sora team. I'm like, hey guys, I made this into 3D. And it's like, that's a cool thing. Uh, You're know, yeah. like, I'm still cool, guys. <laughs> Don't forget about me. Remember the time ah, there we I spilled my tray in the cafeteria? <laughs> Y'all clapped because, because he liked me.
2: <laughs>
1: All right, there we go. So we've got the, uh, here, I'll turn on audio. Uh, wow. So this, this, this is a couple of photos that you took that were made into video. A- it's video. It's so a I took video. the
0: video for, yeah, This 3d video. So I took that image, uh, of, I don't know, is that the Amalfi coast, whatever, they it's moving from left to right, so I just give the left eye one view of the right, just like a few frames ahead. And so I just converted those all into just 3D videos. Uh, this That's one, like the Africa, awesome. the, the market in Lagos, was cool, and then uh, the train one was cool because like it did the train's not it's sort of half 3D, but like somebody said, I felt like I was there because the, the buildings move by are in 3D. Oh.
1: That's amazing.
0: They work on the Quest, by the way, too. Just so you know, you can try these on a Quest
1: <laughs> for you, poors. <laughs> for you, practical people.
2: Yeah, practical. All right, that was. Hey, cool.
0: uh, Zuckerberg says Quest is the best. You know, the best device
2: because he had a really fun night. Fun yeah. night with his friend. Yeah. I have a pick. Uh, it is not quite as technologically impressive as an AI tool, but I do think it's a little fun. Obviously, this week was uh Valentine's Day and uh damn yeah okay. yeah uh and also it happened to be my wife's birthday we have a couple friends that have birthdays uh this week around Valentine's Day so maybe you got somebody that you would like to make give a little something special this week well you can go to v-day.suno.ai uh, and if you've never played around, we've played around with Suno a lot between some of the other programs that Brian and I have done. But if uh, uh, you just want a super simple tool that you can send to somebody that's never screwed around with it, you just uh, it's, it's a, a web form basically where you can uh, 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 just type in your Valentine's Day name or your Valentine's name, the person that you want to make a song for, uh, what your favorite memory of theirs, uh, of, of you two together is. And then, boom, it pops out three songs in three different genres. You can pick the one that you want. You can uh, ask it to do another version in that genre. But uh, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's a pretty fun little tool where you can send somebody a song about your relationship with them. And, uh, you know, it's a good time. Uh, v-day.suno.ai. Uh, you know what? I just made a song
1: for my Valentine, mm. Andrew Maine. Mm. Uh, oh, and Brian. <laughs> I was thinking about the time that we first met in Las Vegas. And the first thing you did was, uh, uh, stole fries from me and with mouthfuls of fries said, <laughs> and I knew we were <laughs> gonna <sounds> be, right. <laughs> we going to be, we were going to be extremely good friends. So, uh, uh, here, let's take a listen to version one. Uh, Oh,
2: In a city full of lights (laughs) In a city full of lights Caught my eye (laughs) In the land of dreams You made me feel alive It's true (laughs) Oh, three? You oh, yeah. the lyrics and everything? No, they do, uh, they do a pop song, a country song, and a rock song. It's a city where the lights shine A <laughs> song standing tall, a vision in the night <laughs> With his hair tossed so wild And his song so deep He had a sparkle in his eye. Yep. In the city lights with dreams come alive. So-
1: okay, I feel like Vegas is synonymous with city and lights. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. Give or take.
2: Uh uh, but I, I look, I think I think it's a fun, it's a fun little silly tool. Send your send your friend, your lover, a little song today.
1: Uh I'm gonna give an old pick that is new again because we have just finished a complete lap of it. My 11 year old daughter only knows
2: all of Star Trek through the lens of Lower Decks. I feel like Lower Decks is the all-time champion of picks or I, or weird things.
1: Uh it's yep yeah, maybe so, but but uh but but we finally got all the way through this recent season and uh it's it's really neat to Uh, to notice like, you know, we experience it through a kind of like a meta lens and uh, ironic storytelling. And there's no irony for her. It's like, that's just what Star Trek is. And I'm really pleased that it's so good. It's, it's quite good. My, my
0: wife who is, we watched some of the original Star Trek episodes, which she liked, but we never kind of got all the way through on that. And she's, she loves Lower Decks, like Lower Decks grew on her at first. She wasn't this and now she's like she's a big fan. And yeah, that's that's I think her primary Star Trek has been through Lower Decks. Like I, I Lower Decks to me is I I like uh, Strange New Worlds. Have you watched that yet? Strange New Worlds yet, Brian?
1: Uh, you know what? I started watching it when I heard there was a Lower Decks crossover where they become yes. actual humans and I enjoyed it very yeah.
0: much. Yeah. It's a great, I lower decks. And yeah, I think I, Stranger Worlds, they have like a musical episode, do a crossover and people, some of the, some of the Trek t- t- diehards like, Oh, it's like, I'm going to go run through a list of Star Trek episodes. You tell me, you know, this is weirder than, you know, this or that, you know, like, like, like you haven't been watching, have you? And so I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that. And I thought that, yeah, the crossover and like lower decks, I said, yeah, like to me, it should be canon because like, damn, it's, not that crazy compared to Star Trek. And so I thought it was just really well done. The pacing is just, I, you know, ever since Rick and Morty, it's hard to watch a lot of other animation because like, I just felt like the pacing on that show is so tight. Yeah. And then lower decks is one of the shows that that was of my favorite in the crossover is With, why does everybody
1: talk so slow? Yeah, yes. They're annoyed about how slow people talk in the old times.
0: <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Uh, so yeah uh, my pick is I'm going to do two picks at you one I'm going to tell people go have you guys seen the reviews for Dune 2
2: yeah exceptional oh really yeah. wonderful yeah no I mean it is Is it, is this it is, out this is poised to be a very 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 big deal it's got a cast that was famous before have only all gotten more famous are kind of making the leap from like Young Hollywood to taking over Hollywood in terms of their, uh, their 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 stature and their careers. The 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 visionary filmmaker who's had hits but has not had the 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 Spielberg uh, level like uh, 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 James Cameron level big hit.
1: That's uh, a, a Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, I guess, um, uh, it was a real bummer that they pushed back the release date because of pandemic stuff. But I would imagine that only gave them more time to sand the edges on everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the, the reviews are like masterpiece. Like, this is a science fiction epic masterpiece.
0: Which has me nervous because that level of expectation now um but if it delivers on box office it's great because denny the said that he wants to do dune messiah so he'll probably go do some other movie than go dune messiah and if he does dune messiah i mean i'm i'm excited for there there's there's the hbo series you know dune legacy like i'm very 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 excited and contrast that with the madam web reviews Yikes! Uh, yikes i I screen crush, which I Ryan area, I like watching his reviews, but he's a super nice guy. And you can see when he just won't want to trash a movie, even though he knows it's bad. And watching him rip into Madam web was just hilarious. It was just, it broke him. Yeah.
2: My, my, the, the tenor, it was amazing how many people went back to, it's a throwback film to the golden age of when (laughs) comic book movies in the aughts were just worthless. Just like like yeah. no sense of why the characters matter. A bunch of famous actors that are kind of prancing around a horrifyingly crappy script.
1: Uh at at the risk of uh going long, did you guys see the uh the Christmas card from the Fantastic Four that uh was
2: announcing the cast? Yeah.
0: Uh, I saw an image. Yeah. I'll just do my other real quick before we get to that. I'll do my other pick though, is uh I just finished the last season of Rick and Morty. Yeah. And that first episode, you know, when you hear like, ah, oh, Royland's left, they've got other people doing the voices. That first episode was jarring. And I just was like, oh, geez, this is not good. Second episode picked up a bit. Then the rest of the season, I thought it was one of their better seasons. I really, really enjoyed I, I, it. Really I agree.
2: I agree. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was tight. I thought, you know, look, there, there's uh, there's always going to be a home for that show when it clicks. And I thought this yeah. season was, was they, great, they, really they, fun.
0: Yeah, by yeah, by the end of it, the voices were the same to me. Like there are some early episodes, I'm like, this feel off.
2: Yeah, you know? I think w- w- was the first episode, the the poopy butthole episode. Yeah, 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 and that was that's hard because that poopy butthole voice is just so uh, among the most classic Royland kind of voices that. Well, even the Rick and Morty's just yeah. sounded off, and I guess yeah. they have
0: two two young voice actors doing it, which I think is a great approach: is to have you know, a couple, you know, like mix that up,
1: but,
0: but um, yeah. Sorry, uh, Brian, you're the Fantastic Four.
1: No, no, no. So, so they, uh, they released a, uh, Valentine's Day card to, uh, uh show off the cast, which, uh, would imply that they're doing the one thing that, uh, On this program and other programs, I've had my fingers crossed. It is like, make it a period piece, make it a period piece, set it in the 1960s at the height of the Cold War. And uh, it looks an awful lot like that's what they're doing. Well, Brian,
2: uh, what Ben Grimm, the thing, is reading that is a, a artist rendering thing. But when you zoom in on it, it is a Life magazine cover of Lyndon Baines Johnson from 1963. That is a real, that is a real cover of, uh, uh, of love of life or is modeled on a real cover of life magazine. So, and meanwhile, we, we, because
1: he's the thing, they make sure to have a picture of the actual human character, well, the guy that, from it, the it, bear. This,
2: this was also <laughs> to announce the cast. So you kind of have, to have yes. the real dude's face, uh, uh, somewhere, but yeah, uh, Mr. Fantastic Pedro Pascal. And then, uh, Vanessa Kirby, who uh, folks have probably I saw as uh, uh, the queen's sister in the crown. And she was a, a more interesting character in that uh, than, than the queen was, but you know, at least the Mr. Mr. Fantastic. Uh, uh, I think that they've got the, the casting, right. Um, you know, and Herbie
1: the robot. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, uh, talk about going retro on that. uh, uh uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful, very, very hopeful that they're going to pull this
0: off. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the theory is that the Marvel, that the fantastic four has been in the MCU all along. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, as, as the MCU evolved and realized it, we have captain America realized, Oh yeah. Captain America was a guy because first, Oh, we have iron man. He's our first superhero. Like, uh no and thor you know uh there there was you know nazis running around in captain america and you're like you've got captain america and stuff you're like oh okay and then the idea that like they could have been some explorers and stuff that just went off missing and whatever and show up just in time for whatever i love yeah i love that i love the idea of that
2: well let's see <laughs> that's this is what this is weird all
1: right everybody on three, three, two, one. <gasps>
0: It's been weird. (laughs) Okay, all right. Don't screw it up.